This is Guns and Butter. Findings in this dust of, first of all, small iron spheres that are very well documented by the U.S. Geological Survey, and there are billions of them, and they exist uh, everywhere. Everywhere this dust is, in fact, officials uh, say it's it's a signature component. It's not even World Trade Center dust unless it has all these iron microspheres previously molten iron microspheres. Well, where do they come from? Molten iron requires temperatures exceeding 2,800 degrees Fahrenheit once again, and the fires and the jet fuel can only get half that temperature. I'm Bonnie Faulkner. Today on Guns and Butter, Richard Gage, AIA. Today's show, 9-11 Explosive Evidence, Experts Speak Out, Final Edition Premiere. Richard Gage is an architect, a member of the American Institute of Architects, and the founder of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. He has been an architect for over 23 years and has worked on most types of building construction, including numerous fireproofed, steel-framed buildings. Today we discuss the world tour of the new film, Experts Speak Out, Final Cut, premiering in over 36 different venues across the country. Richard Gage, welcome. Thank you, Bonnie. Great to be here with you again. Richard, you're on a world premiere tour of your new film, 9-11 Explosive Evidence, Experts Speak Out, Final Edition. How is the tour going so far? How many cities are you going to visit? It's pretty remarkable. This is a 32-city tour across the country from West Coast to East Coast in which we are indeed premiering 9-11 Explosive Evidence, Experts Speak Out. Uh, This is the film that we have been working on now for two years, and we issued a pre-release nine months ago, and since that time we have put in an extraordinary effort uh, to add uh, hundreds of new diagrams and photographs, dozens of videos, and uh, an extraordinary backup Uh, for all of these 43 technical experts uh, that are from among our 1,700 architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth, in addition to the high-rise architects, structural engineers, and the chemists, physicists, and metallurgists, and National Medal of Science winner Lynn Margulis, this, this array of experts who are top in their fields, many PhDs, um, they are bringing to bear the evidence for the explosive controlled demolition of all three World Trade Center high-rises on 9-11. Um, this effort is a sequel, if you will, to the, the uh, video 9-11 Blueprint for Truth, The Architecture of Destruction, which we have given now 180 times around the world in 23 foreign countries, 30 American cities. Uh, So now it's not just Richard Gage, if you will, architect, giving out this information, but this extraordinary array of, of technical experts. And I'm just delighted to 
to share what they have to say with you and what audiences across the country are, are saying about this new film. Well, Richard, after watching your new film, it seems like you have even more experts on there than you've mentioned. Don't you have demolition experts, uh, experts in explosives, fire protection, material science? I guess you, you mentioned high-rise architects, structural engineers. Uh, it's quite an array of specialties, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. In fact, uh, Tom Sullivan is a uh, three-year explosives loader uh, for the top controlled demolition company in the country. And he is, uh, in this film, uh, talking about World Trade Center 7, for instance, which we begin with um, because many people have a, a sense or believe they know how the Twin Towers came down. Obviously, the jet planes hit them, and there's a large explosion of jet fuel. And according to the official story, a structural weakening by the fire and a gravitational collapse all the way down to the ground. In the case of the Twin Towers, we had jet planes. In the case of Building 7, uh, we don't. And so that's where we start. And Tom Sullivan notes that it starts uh, from below. Uh, they've blown away the columns. And then the penthouse drops as a result of these core columns uh, being taken out on every floor, synchronistically timed, which is the only way that a large steel frame building can drop symmetrically, straight down, uniformly, suddenly, and into its own footprint almost, and all of that at freefall acceleration. Uh, so he notes that this is, follows in the typical pattern of controlled demolition. In fact, while he's talking about it, we're showing in this film the side-by-side uh, -side comparison of World Trade Center 7 and a controlled demolition, which looks exactly like each other. And yet, th this is something that NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, completely dismisses, offhand dismisses, even though no steel frame skyscraper or any skyscraper has collapsed due to office fires, and that is the official reason for this building's collapse, normal office fires due to an expansion, a thermal expansion, a new phenomena never before seen in, in high-rises, they say. Uh, well, there were just scattered fires in this building. They were relatively small and few and far between. And, uh, and yet this is, believe it or not, uh, the first hypothesis that NIST jumps to to try to explain this, this building's collapse. And, and, and even, even though it looks exactly like a controlled demolition, even though there are witnesses of explosions at the onset of its destruction, even though there's evidence of incendiaries in the debris pile underneath this building, as documented by FEMA in their Appendix C. And this is what some of the chemists, uh, chemical engineers and so forth that we've interviewed, including uh, Kim Ireland and uh, Jason Cheshire and others who talk about this FEMA uh, Appendix C report in which they very carefully document 
Mark Basil is one of the key presenters on this subject, chemical engineer, uh, that the steel has been turned to like Swiss cheese. It's melted. There's iron invading the grain boundaries of the steel. A molten iron it takes exceptional temperatures. We're talking about uh, 2,800 degrees to begin to melt iron. Where does that temperature come from? You know, it doesn't come from normal office fires, which only reach about 1,600 degrees Fahrenheit. How do we get those temperatures? So again and again, these technical experts are wrestling with this concept that NIST is trying to foist upon the American people and saying it's impossible. We have physicists citing the impossibility of, of normal office fires reaching temperatures capable of melting steel or iron. And yet the first responders see molten steel, they call it, flowing like lava. We even have molten steel pouring out of the South Tower. Turns out to be molten iron, actually. Molten iron is the byproduct of thermite. Thermite is an incendiary used by the military to cut through steel like a hot knife through butter. So we have the evidence uh, put forth by officials um, but unexplained, of course, uh, and yet the only explanation is something that is very obvious, and in fact, thermite incendiaries uh, can be used to cut through steel structures, and there are patented devices that are uh, designed just for that purpose. In fact, back in 1984, they use uh, molten iron that can be ejected in milliseconds cutting through structural steel, much more effective actually than C4 or RDX. And as Tom Sullivan notes in this documentary, uh, if you're going to have a deceptive controlled demolition like World Trade Center 7 or the Twin Towers, you wouldn't use high energy explosives which have a very loud bang, a bright flash. Uh, one would use something much more subtle like uh, thermite, which while still can be heard, and there are witnesses of explosions at World Trade Center 7, but there wouldn't be these uh, audio and visual signatures. You'd only be left with pools of molten iron, which in fact is what they found, uh, or they call it steel once again. So this is why the, the people who see this film, everyone who sees this film just about, ends up agreeing with us by a show of hands in these uh, premieres that we're doing. I think we're on number 19 coming up here in Boston on Tuesday night, tomorrow night. People uh, who come in skeptical of our position end up agreeing with us for the most part. 85 to 100% of the people do. So it's, it's pretty amazing, Bob. Now, the scientific experts that are interviewed in your new film are all giving evidence of demolition of the Twin Towers, World Trade Center 1 and 2, and also Building 7. Why is it important to show that the buildings were uh, 
brought down by controlled demolition rather than by office fires, as the uh, government reports are claiming? Well, what Americans need is the truth of the matter. Uh, whether they were brought down by, uh, the Twin Towers were brought down by planes or World Trade Center 7 was brought down by normal office fires and a thermal expansion. We, we want to show what really happened. And, and since it's evident that there's a cover up here by NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, uh, the 1,700 architects and engineers are crying foul. We're saying, wait, that, that is not true. There's plenty of evidence here for the explosive demolition of these buildings. So why are we being lied to? The American people are being lied to very clearly uh, about World Trade Center 7, and it turns out, as we'll discuss here in a moment, the Twin Towers as well. If that's the case, uh, then uh, we have to alert the American people who weren't given the, the evidence, who weren't even told about this third worst structural failure in modern history, uh, World Trade Center 7. Most architects and engineers don't know anything about it. So if that's the case... Uh, what else are we being lied to about? Well, when we turn our attention to the Twin Towers, we know there were 2,744 people, at least, murdered in this building. So what does the evidence show us there? It turns out that the Twin Towers are a very explosive event. Of course, they were hit by planes. Of course, there, there was large fires. But those fires, uh, in the case of the South Tower, were... Uh, virtually out almost when the first responders heard hundreds of them uh, sounds of explosions and saw flashes of light many of them as documented in the oral recordings uh, released by the New York Times finally when the city was forced to yield this information to them these are oral recordings recorded by Thomas von Essen, the fire commissioner of 500 first responders, it turns out that 118 of them are experiencing, witnessing these flashes of light, all these explosions, along with a couple of hundred other uh, witnesses, uh, which we show in this film, 9-11 Explosive Evidence Experts Speak Out. And by the way, this film can be seen uh, now on our website, which is 911expertsspeakout.org. 911expertsspeakout.org. And you'll hear these, these witnesses that the official story doesn't even include any evidence or witnesses of explosions. And, and there's, there's hundreds of them. This in and of itself is evidence of a cover-up. And what we see is, is just that, like the first responders described, like a belt, all these explosions wrapping around the initiation of the so-called collapse of these buildings. They're talking about uh, pop, 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 like firecrackers wrapping all the way around the building. Uh, the first responders say, like, like they were trying to take down a building, like a detonation, boom, 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 boom. And again and again, you hear the same thing from all of these individuals who survived this. 
I'm speaking with architect and founder of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth, Richard Gage. Today's show, 9-11 Explosive Evidence, Experts Speak Out, Final Edition Premiere. I'm Bonnie Faulkner. This is Guns and Butter. And then what we see in the case of the North Tower is the top portion above the point of jet plane impacts, this 12-story section, is demolishing itself, basically, just like a miniature controlled demolition, if you will. The top part uh, goes down smoothly, suddenly, and accelerates straight down through what was supposed to be the structural steel. In fact, after the first four seconds, when this whole section is dismembered from each other, the structural sections, it's like a, becomes like a fluid almost. Its mass is dismembered. After that, what's happening is it's hurling these four-ton perimeter wall units laterally at 70 miles an hour. Some of them are clocked by physicists landing up to 600 feet away. Uh, this, is, this was supposed to have been a gravitational collapse where we would expect pancaking floors to appear in some massive heap down at the bottom. But that's not what's happening at all. There's just a two-story pile of core columns and perimeter columns. And the experts in this film are describing this, and you can see it in all of these photographs. Uh, we have a complete pulverization of 90,000 tons of concrete in each of these buildings, in these pyroclastic-like flows of hot gases identified by these uh, thick, billowing uh, white clouds that are like cauliflower shapes indicating intensive heat from the chemical reactions from these explosives. Uh, and so there's 90,000 tons of concrete turned to like talcum powder spread throughout lower Manhattan in a three square mile area. And other experts in the uh, film, including uh, chemistry uh, engineers, PhD professors, and Niels Harrit from Copenhagen led this uh, team of international scientists, which also include uh, Jeff Farr, PhD, and Stephen Jones, PhD. They're talking about the findings in this dust of, uh, first of all, small iron spheres that are very well documented by the U.S. Geological Survey. And there are billions of them, and they exist uh, everywhere, everywhere these, this dust is. In fact, officials uh, say it's, it's a signature component. It's not even World Trade Center dust unless it has all these iron microspheres, previously molten iron microspheres. Well, where do they come from? Molten iron requires temperatures exceeding 2,800 degrees Fahrenheit, once again, and the fires and the jet fuel can only get half that temperature. Well, there's only one explanation for it, particularly given the other chemical residue associated with these spheres, which includes manganese and aluminum and so forth, uh, sulfur. Uh, it's the residue of thermite. Once again, thermite, an incendiary used by the military to cut through steel like a hot knife through butter, uh, releases molten iron with those specific chemical signatures. 
Well, as if that weren't enough, when they can't explain it, by the way, they have no explanation whatsoever. There's these small chips of nanothermite found by this team of scientists in our film. And they clearly talk about the red side of these two-layered uh, chips that are about a sixteenth of an inch long. This red side is composed in turn of extremely small particles of iron oxide and aluminum powder. These particles are at the nanoscale a thousand times smaller than the human hair and perfectly mixed, intermixed with each other in the three-quarter to one-quarter ratio to make up what? Thermite, once again. So here's nanothermite, a very sophisticated form of thermite that should not be found in all the World Trade Center dust samples, each of the four that this team of scientists found, as made only in the most sophisticated defense contracting laboratories. This is absolutely extraordinary. It is a call all by itself. It calls for a new investigation. It calls for evidence uh, to be brought forward uh, against NIST uh, for the cover-up of this because NIST actually had uh, complete access to all this dust and they brought in individuals from defense contracting firms who were themselves experts in the development of nanotechnology, nanothermite technologies, and they certainly uh, had uh, the knowledge and the wherewithal to find this material and discover it and, and tell everyone about it. But, of course, they didn't. This is putting the fox in charge of the hen house. So nanothermite, it sounds like, is used mainly, if only, perhaps, by the military. What are the full implications of controlled demolition? Why is it important to show that the buildings in the World Trade Center on 9-11 were brought down by controlled demolition? What, what are the implications of, of this? Ah, well, this is where the rubber meets the road, of course. Showing the evidence for controlled demolition is actually quite easy uh, because it is so clear. Uh, it is so irrefutable. Uh, everybody gets this uh, when they see the film. The, the, the next set of questions, as you're suggesting, are much more difficult to grapple with. The, the, the implication of the buildings being destroyed by explosives or incendiaries uh, is an indication, since Al-Qaeda didn't have access to these towers, that's pretty clear. There are three of the most highly defended buildings in the world. So we're looking at some sort of an inside operation. Um, one question that's come up quite a bit in the tour across the country is, well, how would they, whoever they are, have access to plant these explosives in the towers. After all, there's tens of thousands of occupants. Well, if they had access to the elevator shafts, they would in turn, in the towers, twin towers, have access to the core columns and beams of the building, and they could set those explosives. Well, it turns out that not only that, but they, they had 
an elevator modernization going on the nine months prior to 9-11, the largest one in the world, documented by Elevator World uh, in March of, March of 2000. And Ace Elevator had this contract. Uh, they had 85 employees in the building at the time that the first plane hit the tower, and they fled. Uh, it was actually a scandal documented by USA Today. So we certainly want an investigation of Ace Elevator, these 85 employees, why they fled. They're supposed to stick around and help the first responders rescue these victims. Uh, they often come to high-rises to do just that. Um, anyway, an investigation that includes Ace Elevator, that includes a security company, of course, uh, you know, who had the contract for the electronic security for this building? Securicom, Stratasec did. Up until the day of 9-11, interestingly enough, their contract ended. We want an investigation there. The demolitions being an inside job cast grave doubt across the panoply of events that we know of as 9-11. And in fact, wherever you look, in these other events, even outside the destruction of the towers, uh, you have huge holes in the official story, whether it's the put options, the bets that were made that the value of the airliners would go down uh, the day of 9-11 and millions would be lost if, in fact, that didn't happen. Uh, that investigation, according to the 9-11 Commission, led right to the doorstep of the Deutsche Bank building. But did they pursue it? No. Uh, they, they said, well, Al-Qaeda wasn't involved in that, so they didn't need to pursue it any further. That's absolutely extraordinary. That's like saying, well, uh, it couldn't have been a controlled demolition, so, so we didn't look for evidence for a controlled demolition, <laughs> even though it looked exactly like one. Uh, the hijackers seem to have been alive. Many of them were after 9-11. Many of them were interviewed. Uh, one of them was an Egyptian airline pilot who never even left Egypt. Uh, his birthday, his picture, and so forth was one of the ones of the 19. Uh, other hijackers failed Cessna flying school but were responsible for what are referred to as uh, maneuvers that an F-15 could uh, hardly um, perform relative to the plane that is said to have hit the Pentagon, for instance. Anyway, so all of these questions are very serious. And David Ray Griffin, an author of uh, 10 books on the subject now of 9-11, offers great insight into these other issues that architects and engineers for 9-11 truth um, do not uh, venture into. They're outside the area of our our credibility. I'm speaking with architect and founder of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth, Richard Gage. Today's show, 9-11 Explosive Evidence, Experts Speak Out, Final Edition Premiere. I'm Bonnie Faulkner. This is Guns and Butter. When I viewed the final edition of your film, I was very impressed with the beginning. I'd like to read the film's opening remarks, which illuminate the dire consequences of the 9-11 events. Your new film, Experts Speak Out, uh, begins with a question, why revisit 9-11? And your film goes on to say that our world changed that day, 
23,744 lives lost in New York and counting, 1 million lives lost in Afghanistan and Iraq and counting, 6,000 U.S. troops lost in the war on terror and counting, $4.5 trillion war on terror cost to U.S. taxpayers, precious civil liberties removed by the Patriot Act, Military Commissions Act, Department of Homeland Security, Transportation Security Administration, TSA, National Defense Authorization Act, NDAA, of 2012. Today, Americans can be subject to search and seizure without a warrant, detained or imprisoned indefinitely, without charge, without evidence, without a lawyer, without a trial, or even tortured or assassinated merely for being accused of being associated with terrorism. Ignoring the World Trade Center evidence is no longer an option. So I think that that's a very definitive opening to your film and certainly focuses on the importance of this subject. Yes, absolutely. And this is the reason uh, all of these things have happened. 9-11 started all of this, and it's continuing, unfortunately. The National Defense Authorization Act uh, was just this year uh, enacted and signed by President Obama, of all people. So we are continuing to lose our civil liberties in the name of gaining security. And the security uh, that we're after is a result of a false flag operation uh, which was a lie. So, you know, it's like, hello, a world, uh, hello, left, hello, right. We've got to find out what happened here and um, find those perpetrators who committed these treasonous acts and put them in jail wherever they are. However high, however wide this conspiracy goes, and even the official story about 9-11 is a conspiracy theory, by the way. So it's just a matter of which conspiracy is accurate. Well, we need a real investigation to determine this, uh, one that uses all of the scientific um, evidence and eyewitness testimony, not just that which NIST cherry-picked in order to prove their a priori judgment about how they wanted the American people to be fed the theory of fire destruction in the case of the towers and, and uh, Building 7. We want an investigation that is impartial, unimpeachable, unbiased, that uh, brings forth witnesses through offering immunity and that uses uh, testimony taken under oath relative to that um, that testimony. So we've got to get such an investigation that uses the evidence we brought to bear in this film, uh, or we're going to be probably continuing to lose more freedoms. We're going to be continuing to be manipulated uh, through more of these false disasters blamed on false terrorists so, so that we can be controlled. Uh, this is the real problem here, as you've been alluding to, Bonnie. 
Could you talk about the different elements in your film? Now, your film is in different sections. It's not just the scientific experts who are being interviewed. You have other elements in the film. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, this this material is really quite difficult for people to grasp, to digest, uh, and to discuss with others. People think, oh my God, you're a conspiracy theorist. How could you even consider that? They do not want to even acknowledge the possibility of the implications of this evidence, uh, that this is some sort of an inside job. So we've consulted eight psychologists who are petition signers with AE 9-11 Truth, and they are in this film and in an extraordinary fashion. One by one, they talk about why it is uh, so difficult, because people have great fear when their worldview is challenged. They go immediately into denial, and we typify that with a showing a family eating at their table, and there's an elephant there in the room completely uh, ignored by the family, and that is typical. 9-11 is the elephant in the room. And these psychologists uh, are rather extraordinary. They, they put it right to the point. Fran Schur, for instance, from Denver, Colorado, says, we need the truth in order to heal. And we follow up these psychologists with the family members, four of them, who are supporting AE911 Truth in our efforts to get a real investigation because we're after and very close to the truth about what really happened to their loved ones in these towers. I mean, they were murdered. People say, when are you going to let this go? That was 11 years ago. Well, you tell that to, to somebody who's had their loved one murdered 11 years ago. When are they going to let it go? When should it be let go? There are, there's no statute of limitations on murder, and there's no statute of limitations on treason or mass murder in this case. So they're not letting it go, and they're not letting us let it go, and we're not going to let them go off alone either. We're in full support, and that's why, in fact, uh, they're going to be with us in New York. Uh, Bob McElvain will be there at um, Theater 80 at 2 p.m. on June 24th, Sunday afternoon, 80 St. Mark's Place in New York. That's 2 p.m. June 24th, Sunday. And then that evening, Sunday night, June 24th, we'll be at the Church of St. Paul's and St. Andrew's as well with the world premiere of this milestone documentary, which uh, has received a lot of praise from a lot of quarters. And this is free. These events in New York are absolutely free. We're encouraging everyone to come out. Of course, donations are welcome. We're a 501c3 nonprofit organization, but we want to give the opportunity for everyone to see this evidence without being burdened by any admission fee. Uh, St. Paul's is at 263 West 86th Street in New York. Uh, so that's Church of St. Paul's and St. Andrew's Methodist. 263 West 86th Street, Sunday at 7 p.m. in New York. 
And uh, Okay, Richard, then you have two premieres this coming weekend, Sunday, in New York City on Sunday, June 24th. I want to go over this again. The first one is going to be an afternoon premiere at 2 p.m. That is going to be at Theater 80 at 80 St. Mark's Place in New York City. And that is uh, one of the premieres of 9-11 Explosive Evidence, Experts Speak Out. That's at 2 p.m. on this coming Sunday. Then that evening in New York City at the Church of St. Paul's and St. Andrew's, 7 p.m., that is at 263 West 86th Street. 263 West 86th Street, 7 p.m., Church of St. Paul's and St. Andrew's for a 7 p.m. premiere of 9-11 Explosive Evidence, Experts Speak Out. And Richard, you said that both of these premieres are free to the public. Is that right? That's right. We don't want any limitations uh, to people coming and seeing this evidence. Of course, people are welcome to make a donation, but we we want you to come and bring six to 12 friends because it's the information that has to get out, particularly to New Yorkers. And thank God for WBAI, who's putting this information on the air to New Yorkers so that they can learn the truth, uh, just like uh, KPFA did in Berkeley, uh, helping me uh, initially in 2006 to learn the truth on your show, Bonnie, uh, Guns and Butter, an extraordinary program that allows the truth to be heard. Very few free speech radio programs have this this um, courage to, to, to stand up to, to management in many cases and speak the truth about 9-11, a very difficult, a very inconvenient truth. Well, that's very nice of you to say, Richard. And, you know, while we're on the subject of your tour, I did want to go ahead and mention that the following night, Monday night, June 25th, you're going to be showing another premiere. That would be in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, at 7 p.m., and that will be at the Rave Motion Pictures University City, 230 South 40th Street. It says it's at South 40th and Walnut in Philadelphia. So I'll just repeat that again. Another premiere of 9-11 Explosive Evidence Experts Speak Out, Monday, June 25th, 7 p.m., Rave Motion Pictures University City, 230 South 40th Street, That's at South 40th and Walnut in Philadelphia. And Richard, you're going to be present at all of these premieres, aren't you? That's correct. I'll be introducing the film, and I'll be there to guide a discussion, answer questions, and most importantly, let people know what they can do. We'll be showing our virtual action kit after the film And this is the action kit that's currently available now at 911expertsspeakout.org, where people can also preview this film and actually watch it, download it, burn a DVD, or get the DVD uh, right now. But uh, be sure to come down 
to one of the premiers because we are getting organized. We're letting people know how they can connect locally to take local action relative to 9-11 truth, get more information and connect with like-minded people who care about the direction of our country and who care about what is essentially a hijacking of our country through a massive false flag operation such as we now know 9-11 is. Well, Richard, I'm thinking that since we've announced the New York and Philadelphia premieres, we should go ahead and mention uh, the California Bay Area premieres. The first one in California will be on Monday, July 9th in Alameda, and that will be at 7 p.m. at Michonne's Auctions Theater at 2700 Saratoga Street in Alameda, that's July 9th. And then on Wednesday, July 11th, you'll be in San Francisco at the Victoria Theater, and that's at 2961 16th Street, San Francisco. The Victoria Theater, 2961 16th Street, and that is on Wednesday, July 11th in San Francisco. And I can announce that further uh, on the show in California. I'm speaking with architect and founder of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth, Richard Gage. Today's show, 9-11 Explosive Evidence, Experts Speak Out, Final Edition Premiere. I'm Bonnie Faulkner. This is Guns and Butter. Now, Richard, your 1,700 architects and engineers are calling for a new investigation, and you've talked a bit about that, but who are you proposing should conduct this investigation? Well, that's a daunting question, uh, Bonnie. We have thought a lot about this. Can we trust the U.S. Congress to give us an unbiased investigation? After all, they provided us with, or at least blessed, the 9-11 Commission report, which the 9-11 commissioners don't even stand behind at least six of them, have backed away saying that they were lied to by the CIA, by the Air Force, by the Bush administration, that uh, they were set up to fail. Uh, Thomas Keene's book and Lee Hamilton's book, uh, that is a quote. In fact, the senior counsel, John Farmer, for the 9-11 Commission said, at some point there was a decision not to tell the American people the truth about 9-11. Well, any of these statements from these commissioners should be uh, enough to warrant a new investigation into the events of 9-11. So can we trust Congress? Uh, Congress gave us the Warren Commission, which most Americans have no faith in its, the results therefrom. Uh, we are pursuing the path given to us in our Constitution. The American people, for the most part, have faith in Congress's ability to investigate uh, matters like this. But when they find out about how massive uh, this was and how gullible or complicit, we don't really know which, the Congress was in the 9-11 events themselves, uh, I think the American people... Uh, will uh, rise to the occasion and find a structure that they can have faith in for a new investigation, a people's tribunal of some sort. 
Well, what about uh, what about an independent investigation? Wasn't there a uh, wasn't there an initiative in either New York City or New York State to start an independent investigation? What happened to that? Yes, there was a ballot initiative in New York that eighty thousand New Yorkers signed, calling for a new investigation. But the city of New York defied the will of its citizens and declared it basically. Uh, technically incorrect. They found a flaw in the legal language, if you will, of the ballot initiative. So um, these are the obstacles we run up against uh, when we try to take uh, measures into our own hands as 9-11 activists. It's very, very difficult. It's going to take much more broader awareness across the face of America Uh, People will have to put a massive pressure on the media to expose this issue and on Congress to deal with it effectively. Um, We don't know how to manage these types of pressures and investigations. We're not criminal investigators at AE 9-11 Truth. We're technical and building professionals. Uh, We will support any investigation that looks as if it's uh, un corrupted. So we're, we stand by, we stand ready, we, we don't have all the answers. I, I think you're asking the right questions. And, um, you know, God help us um, is uh, sort of what's really necessary because we are not getting the attention we need on this subject uh, by the media. It's going to take an act of individuals taking responsibility themselves and becoming the media doing the blogs, having the TV and radio programs like you're doing, and getting the word out to the American people en masse. What about the 9-11 Truth Movement? You're quite involved, and particularly at at, uh, Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. What is going on? What is your assessment overall of of the context of 9-11 and the movement? What is your assessment at this point? We're disappointed on the one hand by the lack of mainstream media coverage and response from congressional members. We did have a breakthrough, if you will, a year and a half ago in November from Fox News of all places. Uh, Geraldo Rivera put up Building 7 and pointed out that it sure looked like a controlled demolition to him and had Tony Zambodi, one of our uh, 43 technical experts appearing in the documentary, and Bob McIlvain, who appears in the documentary, a family member who lost his son, Bobby, due to explosions, very, very clear evidence of explosions, which are denied by the official story. We have got to have either a breakthrough in the, in the mainstream media or, or a much broader, dense uh, infiltration of the American people with the evidence so that they really get it and and that they really rise up and do something about it. That's what it's going to take. I I liken it to filling a swimming pool. You don't see a lot of progress, you know, if you just sit there and look at it. Um, But in the case of the activists who have been out in the streets for six years now. In the last couple of years, there's quite a difference in the level of response from uh, people 
to getting a flyer or being asked about Building 7 or gauging their awareness in some other way about these towers' destruction uh, versus five or six years ago when people would be real angry, they'd flip you off, they'd, they'd uh, call you a conspiracy theorist. Uh, it's not quite as bad uh, these days. There's a lot of improvement leading us to believe and to have hope that the unconscious pool, if you will, of American people is being filled up and that we may be approaching critical mass here. You mentioned Bob McIlvain. Now, could you talk a little bit about who he is? And didn't you uh, say that he was going to be attending at least one of the premieres in New York City? Indeed. Um, Bob will be there. He'll be in Philadelphia as well. Um, He did lose his son, uh, Bobby, in the South Tower. Uh, He was one of the few people who had a body to to mourn, if you will, um, and massive explosions across the chest. His right arm was blown off. His face was massively uh, pelted with um, with debris, penetrating deep into uh, into his body. This is an obvious uh, victim of explosion and one of of hundreds. Really, and in fact, there's 1,140 victims that we don't even have any uh, identifying remains for. People don't realize this because it's not quoted very often. I mean, there there are 6,000 pieces of bodies that are small enough to fit into test tubes, and and yet we have over a thousand people where there's not even a piece that big. They, they're virtually vaporized. In fact, uh, 700 bone fragments are found on top of the Deutsche Bank building, about a half an inch long. Uh, the, this is a skyscraper across the street from the South Tower. And they're not from the plane that hit the South Tower. It sent its ejections out the other way after flying over the top of the Deutsche Bank building. So we... We've got to have an investigation based on these family members' cries for the truth about the complete fragmentation and vaporization of their loved ones. This is awfully gruesome, but it is, um, it is putting the real problem in perspective for a lot of people who really get it when you talk about the massive pulverization of these bodies. And Richard, in your uh, new film, Experts Speak Out, Final Edition, in addition to the interviews, the extensive interviews with all of the scientific experts, the high-rise architects, the structural engineers, materials science engineers, chemists, fire protection engineers, metallurgy, physics, uh, experts in explosives and demolition, you have all of the scientific evidence on the uh, physical destruction of the towers. And then also, in addition, you have interviews with psychologists, and then you also have uh, interviews with family members of people who had perished on that day. This is all part of the film. Is that correct? Absolutely. And it's a 97-minute film which incorporates each of these different groups of people for very 
important reasons. Uh, it's the human story that is the reason that we're about our business. We're supporting the family members. The psychologists are supporting the family members. The psychologists are helping us all to understand why why we've had such difficulty even facing the scientific evidence. Once we agree with it, it's, it's indigestible, if you will. It, it's uh, too hard to handle. It's, it pulls on the frame of reference of most Americans. We're just not equipped to even comprehend how such a thing could be possible. How could they have gotten away with such a, a massive operation that this must be? And these are all valid questions. And, and the psychologists help us to realize that our immediate response based on fear, anger, uh, feelings of vulnerability and feeling inequipped to, to handle this information without additional information, such as the 10 books David Ray Griffin has written, which really do help as well. The psychologists show us why we go immediately into denial. We judge the messenger. We do everything except sit with ourselves and realize that the world is not the same place it was before we heard this information. Well, uh, so far on the uh, premiere of your new film, what kind of a response are you getting? Well, we we have a show of hands uh, that is pretty indicative and consistent uh, from premiere to premiere. We ask those of those who don't agree with us, they believe the official story at the beginning uh, or are unsure, uh, they reduce dramatically in numbers, usually to zero and zero. Often there's one person who just still believes the official story or a couple of people who may still be unsure. Um, but it is pretty dramatic, the conversion rate, if you will. This is not a new religion or anything, but we don't know what better language to employ here. The belief systems of most people are severely challenged. And then we have the big discussion at the end during the question and answer period where we not only try to answer their technical questions, but the problems they have with the worldview as a result of this irrefutable scientific forensic evidence and eyewitness testimony they've been uh, confronted with, we, we then help them by having others share their experiences of how they came to grips with this information and what they're doing about it. There's a lot of action people can take. We're encouraging everyone to send the link, ae911truth.org link, to every architect and engineer that people can find, everyone they know. Send the link uh, for these premieres to everyone you know because we've got to have more people becoming aware of this information and in attendance, of course, at these events where we can discuss these things. We'll talk about actions you can take, such as visiting your congressperson and putting them on accountability and they've been uh, made aware that they are are being held accountable for it uh, we've got to 
have people going to media representatives uh, of all types and bringing the press releases to them uh, for the documentary, for uh, uh, the, the evidence, uh, so that the media is held accountable as well. They, we, they are complicit here by their silence. This is the story of the century. They cannot get away with censoring this story. Uh, they, they, the, the American people will judge the media, the mainstream media, which, by the way, is controlled by six corporations. Who sits on the boards of directors of these corporations that own 90% of the mainstream media? Uh, it turns out to be the same people that are controlling the uh, arms industry, the oil industry, the banking industry, the insurance industry. Uh, all of these profited enormously from 9-11. And, and so we've got to wake up and realize what's happened in our country. They seem to be controlling the government as well. I've been speaking with Richard Gage, AIA. Today's show has been 9-11 Explosive Evidence, Experts Speak Out, Final Edition Premiere. Richard Gage is an architect, a member of the American Institute of Architects, and founder of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. He has been an architect for over 23 years and has worked on most types of building construction, including numerous fireproofed steel-framed buildings. There will be two premieres of the new film in New York City on Sunday, June 24th, and one in Philadelphia on Monday, June 25th. For a complete listing of venues, screening the premiere of 9-11 Explosive Evidence, Experts Speak Out, Final Edition, please visit www.911expertsspeakout.org. That's 911expertsspeakout.org. Visit the website for architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth at www.ae911truth.org. That's ae911truth.org. Guns and Butter is produced and edited by Bonnie Faulkner and Yara Mako. To leave comments or order copies of shows, email us at blfaulkner at yahoo.com. That's B-L-F-A-U-L-K-N-E-R at yahoo.com. Visit our website at www.gunsandbutter.org. That's G-U-N-S-A-N-D-B-U-T-T-E-R dot O-R-G.
You dig? 